Peter Williams from 1 o'clock on RCR, Reality Check Radio. This is Reality Check Radio. It's a Friday afternoon and time now to welcome Dr. Matt Shelton from the New Zealand Doctors Speaking Out with Science group. And we talk on a day when American entrepreneur Steve Kirsch has just uh, delivered an address at the Massachusetts uh, Institute of Technology, MIT, in, uh, in Boston, where he releases a lot of data. Well, he has released a lot of data about excess deaths all over the world and included in that presentation was mention of data which has been, shall we say, released, certainly uh, told in New Zealand by somebody who used to work I presume used to work at the Ministry of Health. I can't for the life of me believe that person would still be there now. Somebody who is a database administrator, described as such, uh, at the Ministry of Health. We know what he looks like because he's been on a video, but we don't know what his real name is, which is kind of weird. Uh, but anyway, Matt Shelton, good to talk to you. Welcome to uh, Reality Check Radio. Really interesting times, really interesting numbers. First, uh, can you just give us an overview, Matt? What did you make of what you've seen today, both with Steve Kirsch from Boston and also the numbers that have come out through this uh, NZ Loyal video where Winston Smith, unquote, features himself explaining his data? Hey, good afternoon, Peter. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, it's certainly very clear that there's uh, there's a big problem. Um, you know, in, in our community, there are people dying excessively. You know, that that is undoubted. Um, and the data that's been presented certainly fits the curve uh, of, of what we and many, many other people have been reporting, um, not just in our country, but, but around the world. Um, look, I mean, it's always great to have 100% certainty around you know who someone is um and i get the you know maybe the need for anonymity um certainly his uh his you know face will be well known around the world and i'm sure at some point um this chap's name will will come up um but steve this afternoon certainly gave a a really big picture kind of thirty thousand feet view of um really the obfuscation that you know he struck and, and we have as well in trying to get uh, you know, important and reliable data to to the authorities so that they'll take notice and do something. And he's had about the same success uh, as we have, which is which is zero. And and that in itself is as telling as um, as what the data is. Um, you know, if they won't even look at it um, to judge for themselves or prove for themselves that it's rubbish, um, and, and to explain why they've come to that conclusion. You know, that that stinks as much as as you know, the, the real numbers when they're presented. So it certainly had the ring of truth around, uh, you know, what we think we've been seeing um, in, in terms of, um, of, of death rates. Um, and we've had a lot of time to look at it. Uh, I mean, as you know, I'm not working as a doctor and I'm not here to diagnose disease or recommend any treatments or anything um, because I can't because I don't have a practicing certificate at the moment. But, um, you know, we we've certainly, I think, are qualified to, to you know, comment and, and, past judgment. So um, Steve has made the data available. Uh, it's anonymized, and that's very important to say. And I think he's going to be relying on sort of citizen statisticians, you know, all around the world to all have a look at it and come with his, come up with this sort of 
consensus of what it says. Um, but he has already put it through, um, you know, very credible and qualified statisticians, including Norman Fenton, who's with the Heart Group. That's H-A-R-T. Uh, I think it's heart.org um, in the UK. And, and I know other people have seen it. Um, and, and it has a, a, a ring of truth around, you know, being reliable um, data that's obviously come from within a health system. All right. Well, let's look at what we saw as released by Winston Smith. And, and the first statistic that he wanted to feature were the number of days in New Zealand where there are 120 deaths. Uh, and if you go back to about 2013, 2014, the number of days in a year where there were more than 120 deaths uh, was maybe one or two. We went through, I think, 2014, 2015, uh, where there were no days out of the 365 uh, where there were 120 deaths. Yet suddenly, around about 2021, those sorts of days became more and more prevalent. And particularly during 2022, it was happening virtually every day. Now, let's put a rider on this. The New Zealand population increased quite significantly during uh, that uh, what eight nine year period from 2013 to 2014, but it suggests that something has been causing this huge increase in the number of days in a calendar year where there are more than 120 deaths. So you would think that should be an alarm bell for health officials, should it not? Well, one of many alarm bells, actually. You know, about 120 days is quite a high bar. Because the the average daily deaths before COVID um, was running at about eighty three. That, that's an average, and of course, there's a seasonal effect, and, and more people die in the winter, and more elderly people certainly die in the winter. Uh, and then the sort of the healthiest time is, is sort of late summer. Um, so you know, the hundred and twenty that that's actually quite a hard a high bar. So if we're suddenly getting all these days that are higher than that, um, th th that is significant. And one of the uh, Bradford Hill criteria for attributing causation um, is that there needs to be what's called a temporal association. So there's a, you know, there's a link in time between the thing that you're suspicious of and the deaths occurring. Um, and that's that's been satisfied very, very clearly. Uh, and we've been alerting the government and, and sending them data that would confirm that uh, since late 2021, actually. Um, and there's been some New Zealand work already done, uh, you know, showing a very clear link, um, you know, with one or two week lag between vaccination rates in people over 65 and then their subsequent death rates. You know, it, it's it's very clear, a picture to a thousand words and, and you know, these, these charts are very compelling. But the, the silence and, and the deafness and the, the refusal to, to produce an alternative uh, explanation or even type tell us why we're wrong um, and instead, just just throw you know hurl insults of, of um, conspiracy theory and disinformation. Uh, I'll keep coming back to that. That's one of the biggest uh, worries and, and and red flags that we all should be um, screaming about. In the fact that these statistics are there, and this, according to the source, this Winston Smith, a database administrator at the Ministry of Health, either currently or formerly. Uh, he says this is official government data. So that is known inside the ministry. Nobody wants to pay any attention to it or do anything about it. And, and 
it's 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 just out and out negligence, isn't it? And the people should be uh, accused of this culpable negligence because the numbers are there. Well, they ought to be answering questions. I mean, we of course have got no idea exactly, you know, who knows what and and who was informed. Um, I, I think there's been concerns, or, or you know, this chap I think has has probably made attempts, and I hope he has within his organisation, um, because then he's protected by whistleblower legislation. Um, you know, you're supposed to raise your concerns before you go public. You know, and if you do, and as long as you've still got a, a functioning contract. Um, you know, you you you're supposedly protected, uh, and, and I would like to see just because I'm I'm like that, um, and because we've um, you know we don't want to get burned, um, and we don't want to be giving people information that's that's very wrong. Um, you know, some sort of confirmation um, that this chap is who he is. Uh, you know, I don't doubt his apparent sort of sincerity, um, but uh, you know, seeing a, a contract or payslips or something like that um, would just help quell the inevitable criticism um, that's going to come Liz's way, certainly, from from critics. Because I, I think there'll be a damage limitation operation for sure. Um, but I think there has to be comment. Yes, uh, because... And, and they have to prove... They have to prove that, that this is this is wrong and it's not true, if that's what they're going to say. Yeah, because do you find it kind of weird that he is introduced on the NZ Loyal video by Liz Gunn as Winston Smith, yet we see him... Uh, we, we see what he looks like. So you can hardly keep yourself anonymous if your face is on a video, but you won't reveal your real name. I mean, surely a reasonable number of people know who yeah. the heck he is. That, that's that's just really strange, I find. Well, look, it, it's unusual, but um, it's, it's certainly not for us to, to criticise um, or, or, or question, you know, how he wants to, um, you know, protects himself, but but show his face, you know, which is very, very brave. Um, you know, and I mean, the, the the choice of the name Winston Smith is very important, of course, and people that don't know uh, where that name came from, you know, the main character in 1984, uh, you know, are, are, are perhaps not equipped to actually understand what's been happening in the last few years and, and to recognise, um, you know, all the, all the sort of distorted message and the, and the manipulation that's gone on. Um, but, but that's... You know that's that's their choice. That's their, the way they want to handle it, and I don't think that should get in the way of, of us just having a look at the numbers. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of work to do, and I, and obviously that was Steve Kirsch's intention. And I don't think he had the you know the the audience or the platform and the time available to really dive very very deep. But I think, as he said, you know, there's going to be years of work. Um, you know, to, to look at this. What I really hope is that other people in other countries come forward, uh, you know, to corroborate if they can exactly the same sort of patterns. Um, but it, it has the ring of truth around what we think we're seeing in terms of death notices and, and you know, people who know people who've died and people who know who've been injured uh, and clusters uh, and apparent, um, you know, waves of injuries that seem to be concentrated, um, you know, in time and place over this this rollout. So we'll just have to have a look and see what um, you know, see what comes out of it. Okay. Well, let's talk again about some of the numbers that came through later in that NZ Loyal video. It said that uh, this was, I think, based on a, a data set of 2.2 million people, or 2.2 million people had had their names entered after having been vaccinated, and this database administrator had been able to. Uh, 
follow the progress of those people through the system. He then uh, zoomed in on some particular centres and he went to Invercargill and he found a vaccinating venue there uh, at the Queen Queen's Park uh, Medical yep. Centre, wasn't it, in, in Gala Street in Invercargill and discovered that of 800... I, I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was something like 831 people, 831 vaccinations were administered there, but there were 261 people who had been vaccinated there who died in a certain time period not long after getting vaccinated at that uh, medical centre in Invercargill. I mean, Matt, what do you make of that? That's, that's just an extraordinary number, isn't it? An extraordinary coincidence, unquote, or something that that medical centre should be really worried about. Well, it, on the face of it, 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 it is, but the medical centre was an outreach clinic, which means that they were going out uh, and delivering vaccinations, um, almost certainly into um, rest homes and elder care villages uh, and things. And also it was um, the 12 months from vaccination um, that they were sort of looking at. So the important question is, what would be the normal expected mortality rate you know, in that group of people uh, in ordinary times? That you then compare it with. Um, Winston Smith gave a, I think, a 20% off the top of his head sort of estimate. Um, I think that's a little high. Um, you know, I've worked for, for you know, all, all my life visiting rest homes and, and, and I know how long it can take for a patient who's waiting for a place in a particular home to come up. Um, and more and more people uh, you know, who are younger are, are choosing to go and live in, in um, elder care villages and things. And, and you know, hale and hearty and may have another couple of decades left in them, um, you know, on average. So, you know, I would say it's less than 20%. So certainly a 30% rate raises an eyebrow. Um, but there are, you know, th there is a lot more detail that we need. I would really like to have seen what the distribution of um, the mortality ratio was across all of the vaccine centres. Um, most most of them were given in pharmacies or in general practices or in community vaccine centres. But, you know, of note, all the top uh, worst performing ones that were quoted uh, were all mobile centres. So they would go out and, and, you know, go to institutions essentially and, and rest homes. So that population, you know, could be expected to have a higher mortality. But I would want to know, well, what was going on with your average community vaccination centre or your average GP clinic that was administering the vaccines? Um, you know, was their subsequent 12-month mortality rate higher than the 0.75%, which was quoted as, as being our average, um, you know, per year? Um, so, I, you know, it, it, was, it was frustrating but there was only so much information you could get out in the time available, I suppose. But I think a lot more, there'll be a lot more detail forthcoming. Um, you know, and certainly as far as Southland and, and Invercargill, we've been doing some work looking at, you know, the batch numbers of people who, who've died or been injured. Uh, and, and we've certainly had some attention um, around that, that neck of the woods, you know, Southland. Um, and there certainly have been hotspots that we've noted over the years, um, keeping a, a, an eye on, on sudden deaths and things. Uh, there's definitely some clusters, and we would like to see the, you know, the, the real detail of that 
Um, so some of the stuff rings true, and it does correlate with some work we've been doing and, and suspicions we've had, um, and some inconsistencies and gaps also in the data that's come out on um, uh, you know batches and where they've gone and when, and expiry dates um, under OIA. So you know we're hopeful that we can get a lot more detailed information from this release to sort of carry on that work as well. No, right. I was going to ask you about the batches of uh, vaccinations of of vaccines rather. Because Winston Smith had some batches where there were only a hundred vaccines administered, but some where there were there were thousands, and he, he divided the country's vaccination roll-up into what 119 or 120 batches, uh, and some of those batches, didn't they, had again extraordinarily high death rates within 12 months of administration, but obviously a whole lot more were a lot lower. So does this suggest that the manufacture and the distribution of the vaccine was just not consistent across the country? Well, that certainly come out of, of much bigger data sets than we've been able to work with so far. Um, Team Enigma in the UK um, have done a lot of work on the VAERS data and they were very there's very clear evidence, or suggestions anyway, of a marked difference between um, different batches and the number of injury reports. Uh, some German researchers looked at um, Danish data, and they they, you know, showed three three definite sort of definable, um, you know, risk risk profiles with with different batches. But um, you know, the point to make is that some of those numbers and some of the numbers of vaccinations given by individual vaccinators or by some of the mobile units were actually pretty small, you know, and you do start to worry then about, um, you know, inaccuracies and, um, you know, the strength of the, of, of the data. You really need much bigger data sets to be confident um, and you need to see some consistency. So, as I say, seeing what's happened in, um, you know, with big batches with, with thousands and thousands of doses would be very, very useful. Uh, and, and I do understand all that information is available. All right. And the other statistic which uh, I noted from that NZ Loyal video was individual vaccinators and, you know, the, the awful number that of the person who was at the top of the list, again, that person not identified, but this person, he or she, uh, jabbed 246 patients. Uh, and of those 246, 60 of them died. I mean, a quarter of of, uh, those people dying. Again, we don't know the ages of of the recipients, I guess, but that just seems a ridiculously high number. Well, it does seem it. But what's really important, Peter, is that we do know that. You know, if it was a vaccinator going into, um, you know, the hospital unit in a a rest home, um, you know, with elderly people with comorbidities, um, or a dementia unit, then in the next year, you know, potentially that that could happen. But if there's a systemic pattern across all of the vaccine centres um, and across all age groups, which has certainly come out elsewhere, then you know that's that's actually much more reliable. So um, you know, I see that you know those 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 videos and interviews as a sort of a teaser, I guess, for what you know the all of the data will will show us um, and and. You know, they know what's in it, and I suspect that they've 
you know, they've chosen these particular kind of outlying examples, um, you know, not just for shock value, but because they know what else they've got and that they know it's consistent. Uh, I would certainly, um, you know, hope to see that coming out when people start having a look at it. The other thing, uh, Matt, is that I would, I, I just wish there wasn't so much extraneous emotion put around these things. I'd really like to see a really sharp, snappy, current affairs style video production, which just put these puts these numbers up without without the um, uh, associated narrative of of the individuals involved about motive and, and the like. Wouldn't you just like to see? the numbers highlighted and be, be made far more straightforward than what has been the case so far? Yeah, I think that'll happen. Um, but on the other hand, you know, there's been lots of unemotive data um, collated and been given to government and they've taken absolutely no notice. Um, and it's, it's the human stories and, you know, the black and white kind of barn door questions and, um, you know, very visual representations of, um, you know how bad the problem is that actually gets people get people's attention, um, and, and you know most people are real, and and you know we like to have real conversations about real things, and you know we expect the data to sort of confirm or back up, um, you know the big picture that we're seeing, but the problem is somebody's got to accept it and look at it and acknowledge it, and the point that Steve was making all the way through, um, you know, and, and a lot of it was about his story, and that's fair enough because he's worked very hard it seems to try and get the attention of the right people. Uh, and he's been dealing with the CDC and the FDA. You know, these are huge government organisations um, and been absolutely stonewalled. Uh, but he's still upright and breathing and speaking out. Um, and so I did think that his presentation and his his slides do give a good sort of, um, you know, big picture overview. But I'll come back again that, that you know, we need to just look at the data and see exactly what it says um, and, and correlate it with what's going on in other, in, in other countries. And he did show, um, you know, in numerous countries, the, the, the sort of the same situation with the pattern of, of death rate going up after the vaccination started. Um, but he, he banged through them fairly quickly because he was short of time because there was um, technical issues at the beginning. Um, but, but no, I, I thought it was, it, it's a good sort of starter and I think it's a good broad overview for people who, um, you know, maybe are already, you know, a, a little bit sceptical um, or, or, you know, at least they'll give it a look. Um, and, and there are some really important questions that they need to ask answer for themselves because, you know, no one else is answering them. Uh, and, and I don't think we need to stray very far from from that as the biggest red flag. You know, that and, and the continuing and ongoing promotion of these untested and plainly dangerous products to our young and to women of childbearing age and pregnant women. It's just, um, you know, you don't need to go further than that to know there's something really bad. Um, and data like this, you know, should give us the detail of how bad, um, but we don't need it to know that there's a problem. You might be interested to know that down my way, Matt, in the Otago Daily Times, I think it was Monday of this week, there was a picture, I don't know, page four, page five, it's a, it's a broadsheet paper, so they've got lots of space on the page to fill. Quite a large photo of uh, a man who worked at Otago University getting his, I think it was his sixth COVID injection and said he was very happy to take it, so... Good for him. But the promotion for the latest booster is ongoing. 
in the face of all these numbers. So I'm I'm sorry, but I just find that um, I just find that dangerous on the part of uh, those still doing the promotion at the stage, don't you? Yeah, I mean there is no question that there is you know reliable proof from around the world that these things are dangerous, um, and to continue to promote them and to lie also um, about you know the the, the current. Um, you know, mortality rates to say they're absolutely fine and, in fact, they're lower than they have been. Whilst in the newspaper evening, in our mainstream media, they're, you know, confirming that we've never had it as bad as far as all-cause mortality goes. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's well, it's, it's not inexplicable because there is an explanation, but it would be really nice to be certain what that actually is and to have these people called to account um, because it's looking more and more just like out-and-out lies and less and less like, um, you know, uncertainty or, or even incompetence um, to continue in the face of, of these very powerful safety signals. Um, you know, and even that's underplaying how serious this is um, because these dead people will never come back. And, yeah. you know, all the injured, um, you know, we know from, again, reliable data that, that a lot of these people are, are chronically injured um, and still aren't better after two years. Um, you know, and we don't know how to get them better because... Um, you know, this is a brand new technology with brand new um, mechanisms of harm um, that we're really not allowed to, um, you know, we can't make progress investigating because there's still denial that it's actually happening. Yeah. Uh, so a COVID, a new COVID inquiry that the new government has announced, how important then and, and more to the point, who's going to get these numbers in front of that inquiry and will the mainstream media have the courage to report these numbers when they're put into a very, very public arena. Mm, well, that last point's a good one. I don't think it's a matter of courage. It never has been. It's a matter of who's who's paying the piper. Um, you know, and if we can free them from, you know, the government teat, um, you know, and all these, these tens or hundreds of millions of dollars that they've made out of the whole thing, then maybe we got, might get some objectivity, but I'm not going to hold hold my breath. Um, but certainly it's, it's pretty exciting to hear at least politicians say and put in writing um, that they're going to have a broader inquiry. Um, there's always politics and we don't know what all of it has been in the background, um, but we're going to try and hold people. And I think everybody should hold people to the promises that they make, um, you know, in public and in writing to get a proper look. Uh, and I think should that happen, um, I think very quickly, people will, you know, be absolutely horrified. I would expect, because it is horrifying, what has probably gone on at the extent of knowledge inside government uh, as, as to what's actually been happening. Um, and just to continue when, you know, you have the knowledge. Um, and I'm reminded, actually, from the emphasis that Steve put on, you know, the, the, the worst effects being actually on the elderly, um, was that in 2021... Um, somebody in the, the CV tag, the technical advisor group, um, you know, went into writing and said, look, you know, we, we know that this vaccine will probably bring forward the death of some of the elderly people. Uh, well, nice for them to know, um, but perhaps they might have told the cohort themselves of elderly people who, of course, were first vaccinated after the, um, the frontline workers were all done, um, th that they already knew that. So, you know, where was that juicy morsel in the informed consent um, that we weren't allowed to give? So, um, 
you know, I, I, I can't wait actually to see the full extent um, of, of knowledge, um, you know, brought out into the light. And if it takes, uh, you know, a court somewhere to do that, um, fine. But I would hope that a public inquiry has teeth and can compel people to turn up and that there's some sort of um, oath that people have to take to tell the truth um, and that they, um, you know, they, they, they can't just ignore it uh, because I think it's, it can't happen soon enough. So what's going to be the NZDSOS, uh, the, the main point that you'll be submitting on when you go to the inquiry, if you're allowed to submit? And by God, I sure. hope you are. Well, I mean, pretty much so do I. Um, and I think we, you know, we have some some credibility um, in terms of communicating with government, at least. And everything that we've put to government is on our website. There's a whole series of open letters. Um, I mean, we've posted separately as well, but the open letters have got, you know, the links to the to the research. And we'll just keep doing what we're doing, which is to try and figure out what the truth is and, and just tell it uh, as best we can. And... Um, you know, keep expecting these institutions and the police uh, and, and elected representatives to do their jobs. Do you hold out any hope, though, that former Ministry of Health officials, that former politicians might be seriously held to account? Do you really believe that'll happen in New Zealand or will the establishment, as always, look after itself? No, I believe it'll happen because I think I think there's been a sea change in people's um, awareness of, you know, the machinations of power and control and things behind the scenes. Um, I think we've woken up, uh, you know, truly, well, many people have anyway, um, to actually how we've taken our eye off the ball uh, and how alert we need to be always. And I mean, goodness knows history tells us that anyway, uh, of what can happen. Um, and I think we're going to need much better checks and balances on, on um, you know, a democracy going ahead than we've had before. Uh, but I, I, you know, I believe fundamentally in the goodness of most people. Um, you know, many of us are, you know, have been manipulated and frightened and bullied and threatened uh, and, and even tortured, frankly, in some cases, um, with, with what's happened. And, you know, people need rescuing. Um, and, I, and I think that, that that we'll get there because, um, you know, the, the not getting there is, is, is too horrible to think of. Um, and, and we've certainly had a lesson from history as to how bad things can actually get. And I still think there's, there's, there's time. And I, I just sense there's a shift, there's a change in, in people's perceptions and awareness and more and more people are realising that something, something bad is going on. Um, and it's becoming harder and harder for, um, you know, the other side, if you want to call them that, to keep denying that there's a problem. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to get there, Peter. I really do. So do you have confidence that New Zealand First will be able to follow through? They were the ones who pushed for the COVID inquiry. It would appear that number three on their list, Casey Costello, is the new Associate Minister of Health, is the one who's been tasked with the job of getting this inquiry up and running. Do you, do you know Casey at all? Do you have uh, faith in her ability to get this uh, uh, up and running? Uh, yes, we, we've, we've met, and I, I take her at her word. Um, but, you know, look, we have to remember, um, you know, that they were given enough of a mandate, enough votes to get to this position uh, where they can get, get these, these, um, these things across the line, but, but not much more than that. So I think we have to be realistic 
about what they you know may be able to achieve but it's an agreement it's in writing there's going to be an inquiry uh and i think that um you know from what i've from what i know uh i i will give these people the benefit of the doubt and take them at their word uh but we all have to um you know give them support but also let them know that we're watching uh and, and what we need um but i i, I think there's an awareness of, of of urgency i really do um and, and an acceptance of the, the scale of the problem um in the right places fantastic Matt, as always, great talking with you. Thanks for joining us here on uh, Reality Check Radio this afternoon. And Thanks for having me, Peter. Thank may you. that inquiry come along very soon and may these uh, statistics from Winston Smith uh, be widely seen and the truth begin to emerge. Thanks, Matt. Great being with you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, mate. Committed to fair debate and honest information, the Reality Check has arrived. RCR. Reality Check Radio.